Today on It's Time. If you're not going through something right now in your life, you will. You know why? Because these things drive us back to our need for God. Whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian. You know, people have asked the question, Why me? Why you? Because it's inevitability of life, friends. Hello and welcome to It's Time, the daily teaching ministry of Pastor Mike Kessler, the pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, Pastor Mike is teaching on the book of 2 Peter. The study on 2 Peter is part two of the Peter series, and if you'd like to catch up on the series, 1 Peter is available for free download through the iTunes podcast store, or you can purchase it from CSN at 800-357-4226. With 2 Peter, here's Pastor Mike. People are looking for answers, and we want to be sure to give them Jesus. You know, uh, we live in a world right now that is desperately in need of a Savior. And, you know, in you, the Bible says, is a treasure. If you're born again, the Spirit of God lives inside of you because you've welcomed Him, you've asked Him to be there. And because of that, you've got something to tell the world. I think that's a pretty neat opportunity that you have to give something that far exceeds anything you would buy at a store on sale for Christmas, but that you can give them this gift that is inside of you, which is Christ Jesus. You know, people need to have their sins forgiven. People need to be encouraged. People need to have their focus upon God. You know, we live in a world today of oftentimes so many people with critical spirits. You know, I I believe that sometimes that that criticalness can be just because a person's life has always went negative and harsh. I believe sometimes that criticalness and that negativeness can also come from, you might say, being around people who are negative. And I also believe it can come from an evil spirit as well. I believe that uh, I believe spirits can do interesting things. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that, uh, that they're just chewing on people and pretty soon they're chewing on everything. I don't know what that is, but you know what? God has set us free, baptized us in His Spirit to live for Him each day. And you know, if all you want to do is look and find fault with everybody, that's all you're going to see. But you know what? Jesus said it like this. If your eye is full of light, you're going to see God. If your eye is dark, you're not going to see anything. You're going to see all is, is all you see is negativism. Well, friends, God's called us to be positive. God's called us to grow up. And Peter was one who, in his own life, saw his insufficiencies. Now, you may be like that yourself. You might be saying, well, I'm thinking I'm doing good, and I'm get, trying to get everything done here. And then you see your own places where you let God down. Peter was one of those guys. We remember that Peter was the one that not only said, Thou art the Christ, the only Son of God. Yes, Peter, you get a smiley face for the day. But he also is the one that said, I'll never leave you, Lord. I'll never deny you. And Jesus said, before the cock crows twice, you'll deny you know me three times. And just as Jesus said, Peter did. And imagine the grief that was in Peter's heart when he probably thought through the words of Jesus saying, you will, no, I won't. Yes, you will. No, you won't. Yes, you will. No, you won't. And he did. And then imagine the grief that was in his heart. And then when Jesus caught up with him along the Sea of Galilee, and three different times, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Does it mean anything, Peter, that I ask you three times, do you love me? It was three times that he denied him. And yet in all of that, Peter 
understood God's love, understood God's forgiveness, and went on and wrote First and Second Peter to encourage us today. And I just want to encourage you as well that as we read these words, that as we read in this first part of, of uh, chapter 1 of Second Peter, this, you might say, faith-building exercise in how we do that. Now, uh, there's a lot of great information here, and we know that our relationship with God is progressive. In other words, we add to it as we go along with the Lord each day. You're not the same level of Christian, you might say, that you were when you first accepted Christ as your Savior that first day. Now, you're not any more saved today than you were then. You're saved as saved as you get when you accept Christ as your Savior. But as we grow in the Lord, we mature in the Lord, and we begin to see life differently. And friends, that's what part of Sunday morning is about. And Wednesday night, and Sunday night, and any time we fellowship together is growing together in the Lord. And so he tells us here, and let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, we ask you that you would bless it to our hearts, especially in this Christmas time. In this Christmas season, Lord, and with the New Year's resolutions a couple weeks away, God, that we want to see difference and changes in our lives. That, Lord, as we would read this, that these things would inspire us and they would increase our faith, God, so that we would be able to be founded in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we find chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who obtained like precious faith, with us by the righteousness of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And what's amazing here is this. This is addressed to anybody that shares in the faith of Christ. Now, sometimes in the Bible, you'll find that it was written to different groups of people. Hebrews, primarily, was a book that was written to the, you might say, the Jewish believing brethren. And how to encourage them to be careful of coming back under the law again in their faith in Christ. And we also find the book of Romans. The book of Romans was really written to Gentile-believing Christians. And what to watch out for concerning that. Well, here, this book of Peter says, to anybody that shares the same faith. I think that's kind of neat. Here's a letter that, that Peter, walking with Jesus, came to the conclusions, this is what's really important, how we grow in the Lord. So he says, to those who obtained like precious faith. Remember that, friends. The faith that we have in God is precious. When you run into people in the world that have no faith in God, boy, you see how devoid and empty and life is so meaningless when you talk to them. It's so sad because they have no real reason to live for. They, 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 if you really ask them sometimes, if you ever like to uh, uh, begin conversations with people to find out what, uh, what purpose they have in life, you begin to ask them questions. What lights your fire? Why are you here? Why are you doing what you're doing? And you find a lot of empty, empty answers that they think, well, he with the most toys when he dies wins, or, you know, well, my friends, or my this or my that. Never going back to the relationship with Christ. So if you've had that precious faith that God's given you, boy, I'll tell you, hold on to that, because that is something that God has given you that's yours. Then he says in verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you. We've talked a lot about grace. Grace is simply God giving to all of us what we don't deserve. God gives to us, blesses us, not because we deserve it, because God's good. I like that. Now, mercy is not getting what you do deserve. <laughs> but God gives us grace. And that grace, then, knowing that, God gives us his peace. And God, in his peace, settles our heart. Friends, there's a lot of people that you know you're going to be working with tomorrow. Maybe you're married to. 
Maybe they live next door to you. Maybe they're friends, relatives, moms, dads, aunts and uncles, closest of kin. They have no peace in their life. They have peace as they don't have peace. Peace is something that God settles into your heart. And in the midst of all the issues of life. Now, listen, if you're not going through something right now in your life, let me tell you something. You will. You know why? Because these things drive us back to our need for God, whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian. You know, people have asked the question, why me? Ah, because you're a cute kid and you deserve it. No. Why you? Because it's inevitability of life, friends. Whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, God allows things to come to us to show us that this life is bigger than I am or you are. And we need God. And it's funny to me how people oftentimes deal with the issues of life, how they somehow compensate for what they're not inside. And so they will then believe lies about themselves or alter themselves in some way so they don't think about it by getting drunk or stoned or being preoccupied by, you might say, dangerous type hobbies. And you know what they are. I mean, where they're all encompassing and that's all you think about and they swallow you up. Meanwhile, leaving out the real purpose of life. God is speaking to us and says, I allow these things to happen so that we'll turn to the one who's bigger than we are. That peace that comes from God, when God has settled your heart, that most precious faith, as we just read, settles your heart. Understanding God's a good God that wants to put into you. I think it's interesting here in this particular place that he leaves out, notice he doesn't say, Mercy, grace, and peace be multiplied to you. Some places in the scripture it does. But here it doesn't. And I don't think that's an omission by simply accident. I think really what he's focusing upon here is God's giving to you. Not so much what God's not going to do to you because he loves you, but what he's going to do to you because he loves you. And that peace that comes from God. See, if you're not a Christian here this morning, there's nothing that really inputs your life. Oh, you can have things and you can have and use your money for different reasons, but nothing really settles your heart. Your heart needs to be settled. And that settling comes from God. Now, friends, oftentimes, and and it's kind of funny what, you know, when you first get saved, it's kind of funny because, um, you know, we don't know what God's going to do. And I think, I do believe that when we first get saved, God kind of puts us on a honeymoon with him. If anybody here has been recently saved, you know what I mean. That kind of a simple honeymoon where, where um, um, you know, we accept the Lord and we go, God, I, I don't have enough money for my rent. And we walk outside and there's an envelope laying on the sidewalk with the money, the exact amount. We go, oh, you know, or whatever it might be. You know, God, I needed a car and, and, and my aunt called me on the phone and gave me. And we go, wow, this is really neat. And it's kind of like a honeymoon, you might say. And then we come into that area and that relationship where we grow in the Lord. Where we might pray, but God doesn't do it instantaneously. And all of a sudden say, well, God, hey, wait a minute. What happened? Well, it's kind of like the honeymoon. You know, when when you first get married, you got a, a, a week or two together. You're not sitting there, honey, I think you need to pick up the dirty socks every morning. No, I think you do. You know, you don't talk about that. Man, you're at Disneyland, or you're on a beach in Hawaii, or, or you know, you're, you're doing something in the forest or something. I mean, you're, you're, you're not thinking about, like, real, what real life is until a couple of weeks later when you get home. And uh, I'm always kind of curious. Sometimes we have the newlyweds around here, and, and um, 
they'll, you know, I'll see them in church and they'll be going out the door and they say, well, we're celebrating our, our one month anniversary. And I go, how's it going? <laughs> oh, pretty good. That major adjustment period, you know, where you kind of go from first gear to second, no clutch. Ah, grind me upon Mrs. Olson. But, you know, you're, you're trying to get it in again. And it's really difficult. And we've talked about this before, because when you get married, there is, instead of just one person in your home now, there's now six people in your home. You say, but I, no, who I married didn't have any kids. No, 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 no. There's six people in your home if there's just two of you. You see, there's the person that you really are and the person that she really is. Then there's the person she thinks you are and the person that she thinks you is. (laughs) And then there's the person you think you are and there's the person that she thinks she is. And you'll find a mid-air collision on almost every one of those. We have these issues of life. And I believe that again, friends, we we have this peace that comes from God that settles these issues of our heart. And we say, well, God, why do I have to go through this? How, How come it wasn't like when I first got saved and I just simply would pray anything and it would magically just almost divinely just inspirationally just happen? Just wow. I believe God grows us up. And as God grows us up, we go through these these things where we become more dependent upon him. Now, as I look in the Bible... I see those, again, as listed in Hebrews, um, uh, mentioned in the, in the champions of faith. And as I look at the, some of these guys, I don't always see everything going their way. We, we see Abraham, and there was giant lapses in Abraham's faith. We see the others, there are times they had huge lapses of faith, but yet God looked at their life as an overall and said they were faithful. Now, friends, that's encouraging to me because God knows what you need. And God allows things to come at us so that we will not be overwhelmed by it, but we'll turn to him. And just as anybody knows, that kind of a relationship when we first get married changes as we get older with that person that we're married with. And we begin, it's a different level of relationship. You'll find that in your relationship with God, too. That things change. And what used to trip you up, maybe, when maybe the first couple of months you were a Christian, maybe, now as you go through this, you could say, oh, God's going to see you through that. I was in that same place and God saw me through it. You know, I'll tell you, friends, Moses didn't just walk out of Pharaoh's courtyard, walked over to the children of Israel and said, hey, everybody, let's go. Moses, leading them out, comes up to the Red Sea. God says, hold your staff out across the, touch the water. And as he touches the water, the water parts. He didn't just get there, friends. That took years of faith and God building his faith so that he could be in the place where he is at. So when God told him to do something that seemed so silly, he would do it. How did he know to do that? Well, we see, remember the ten plagues, for instance. We remember the burning bush where God spoke to him to even go to set the children of Israel free in the first place. Now, to go up against the most powerful, one of the most powerful nations in the world, and say without any warfare, any armament, any airplanes, any submachine guns, let my people go, imagine that. 
Imagine that kind of faith that it took. But over and over again, God demonstrated, built in Moses, that faith that, hey, listen, what I say, I mean, I'll see it through. Till finally, Pharaoh said, get out. When the death angel came through and the firstborn of every living thing in the land of Egypt died. Now, I, I look at that, and so why was that hard for Moses to walk up to the Red Sea with every... And by the way, it wasn't a very joyous experience. It was at first. Hey, everybody, we're not going to be slaves anymore. Let's go. They all take off. And they come, up to the, they come up to the Red Sea. They got mountains on both sides. Pharaoh's army wanting to bring them back. He had to change a heart. And the Red Sea's in front of you. What do you do? The only way out, friends, is up. And so God instructed Moses what to do. Moses did it. We remember the children of Israel walked through on dry ground. Pharaoh's army decided they could do the same thing. And we remember Moses held his staff over the opening between the two uh, heaves of water. And the water came back over and flooded the, the, the Egyptian army. And what, what's really interesting there is you find these people that are modernists that come along and say... Well, Moses led the children of Israel across. Moses was really skilled well in the schools of Egypt. And he knew where the stepping stones were to cross the Red Sea. And he instructed the children of Israel to just cross the cross. And then I look at him and I say, wow, that's a bigger miracle than I thought. The entire Egyptian trained army drowned in a few inches of water. You look at this and you realize how ludicrous it is. But God built his faith. So what? He could then lead others. Friends, God's building your faith not to grind you into the dust. Sometimes you may feel that way. But that you will lead others when they're going through the things that they go through. And just as God has been faithful to you, and you've seen examples where God's faithfulness to others, you then in turn can communicate that peace that comes from God to those that are around you. Do you know people look at you? Somebody looks at you. Do you know that? Every people say, well, you're a minister, Mike. You've got to be this way. I, I'm, sometimes I realize I'm crazy. I'm sorry. It's just the way I am. Mm. <laughs> just in that way. I don't mean to be that way. It's just the way I am. I want you to know I try my best to maintain here sometimes. But you know what? We all have people that look at us. Moms and dads, your kids look at you to see how you respond to crises in their home. And, and, and when, when they see you, and in the midst of a crisis, say, well, you know, honey, we better pray about this. We better see what God wants us to do. Or do they see you go, throw things? That goes in their little minds, and they begin to record it. It's like the old saying, I try to teach children how to eat, my kids how to eat, they eat just like me. But no, you know, they're, they're going to see how you respond in crisis and see, he's, see, again, going back, Peter's saying that you've obtained this like precious faith. Remember that. God's going to see you through. He's going to take care of you. Now, he goes on and he tells us here, grace and peace, the peace that comes from God, knowing that he's going to see you through, take care of you, be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God the Father and, and Jesus Christ our Lord. And, um, and it says, verse 3, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who calls us by glory and virtue. Now, notice it says here, uh, given to all of it, all things that pertain to life and godliness. God has withheld nothing from any of us to see us all the way through. 
Now you say, well, Mike, then how come I'm struggling in my life and my relationship with God? Because sometimes that happened. You ever know anybody that's gone on a backslide? Somebody say, well, then God evidently didn't supply them. Otherwise, they wouldn't have backslide. Oh, no, 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 not necessarily so. You see, you can have all the resources, but if you refuse to pick up those resources, or you refuse to know where those resources are, you're, you're, you can be anemic. You can have a whole medicine chest full of vitamins. But if you don't eat them, and you don't eat, for instance, any citrus fruit, you can, you can get scurvy. You can have great resources, but if you haven't applied them to your life, you can be anemic. And this is what I believe he's saying here. There is nothing that God has not supplied for us to help us do what he wants us to do. That's Pastor Mike Kessler with It's Time. I'd like to take this moment to invite you to get your free copy of It's Time to Grow, the new believers booklet written by Pastor Mike. It's Time to Grow answers many of the questions new believers have in a clear and concise manner, followed by the scripture references for each statement made. It's Time to Grow can be yours simply by dialing 800-357-4226. That's 1-800-357-4226. Or you can order it online for free at csnradio.com. Don't forget, if you'd like a copy of today's program, you can call our toll-free line I mentioned before, and that's 1-800-357-4226. Also, the daily free podcast is available through iTunes by searching for It's Time in the iTunes Store. On behalf of Pastor Mike and all of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening, and tune in next time for It's Time. It's time.